Bush Footy Legends is presented by the WA Country Football League in partnership with Healthway, promoting the Think Mental Health message. It's a great pleasure to be joined on Bush Footy Legends today by a man who, I suppose, when it comes to goal kicking, there was none better in WA history. Uh, I think right now he's enjoying his time on the driving range and, and playing a bit of golf, but here to reflect on a really, really outstanding career and his time in country footy, and I suppose footy throughout the state is Rod Rocket-Tragenza. Rod, uh, welcome to the podcast. No worries. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go back to maybe, uh, I suppose, what you're up to now. Um, it's been a few years now since uh, you retired. Uh, what, what is life like now down, down your way? Um, yeah, just pretty much uh, following the kids around at the moment, mate. Uh, got a 12-year-old daughter. I, I've got a coach this afternoon um, down at the Mustang. So, you know, that uh, takes up a fair bit of time. And um, and uh, my son, he's uh, just started playing league at 17 and stuff. So he's uh, rucking down at South Mandurah and going pretty well. Um, so just following them around, doing a bit of work. Um, yeah, trying to get as much golf in as I can, mate. But uh, the weather hasn't been real nice for that. Yeah, and you've probably you've probably come across this thing we were talking about the other day. Is uh, have you unlocked the secret to children listening to uh, their father as a coach? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely not, mate. I think that's been going around for a long time. Um, I was I was probably one for that as well. I probably didn't listen to my dad as much as I should have until I got a bit older, but. Um, yeah, once I started listening to him, it, it uh, all clicked into place. Yep, so so good to see your sons following following the the father's uh, footsteps down at South Mandra, um, a place which was um, quite fond to you. Um, I suppose we might go back a um, a bit, a few years now. Uh, what what suppose what brought you to Mandra? Of course, you you're originally from Tasmania, and then you moved over um, moved over to Mandra. What, what how did you how did you find your way down to South Mandra? Um, yeah, well, Dad. Dad uh, moved us over here for more job opportunities. Obviously, we were only 11 when I moved over here, so uh, end of primary school. But um, Dad moved us over here, got a job at our car and stuff. Um, I was more a golfer back then. I uh, yeah, I played till 14, pretty much golf full-time. Probably a bit of school footy here and there, but not too much. And then uh, went to volleyball for a couple of years and played state volleyball. And um, my dad was the uh, president down here on Thursday nights at, foot, at volleyball, so got involved in that and um, went over to the state comp. And when I come back from there, um, a coach of mine was down at South Mandra, a mate of mine, sorry, down at South Mandra, um, asked me if we wanted to come down and play Colts, me and my brother, because uh, they were a couple short down at Denar Ford and Ruck. So oh, that's two good positions to go to come down to? there. And, Pardon? That's two good positions to come to that you don't want vacant. <laughs> yeah, probably probably ones you need coming into the final. So we um, we qualified uh, for the final, played the last five or six games, I think it was, and then uh, yeah, won the final, won the grand final by a couple of goals, and that was it. Footy was life from there, and um, of course South Mandra being loyal, I stuck around, and um, yeah, still to this day I'm down there timekeeping, and my wife's the president, and. Um, yeah, we're just very much involved in the club. That's fascinating, Rod. That you didn't start footy to till your in your late teens. I've, many would think that's quite phenomenal. Um, I suppose, yeah. Was it just the the fun uh, the fun of it which had you hooked? 
Yeah, always, always. I love footy. I mean, I had I had bad knees as a kid. Um, I can't say the name of the uh, disease, but um, so they told me to walk a lot, which obviously got me into golf. Um, I still had a football in my hands the whole time. You know, I loved kicking with my brother and all that sort of stuff out the front. So just wasn't playing football, obviously. And uh, once I got into that environment with the um, team atmosphere and stuff like that, I just loved it. Obviously, being being with golf, it's a very individual sport. So you know, finding that team environment was just a breath of fresh air for us. Well, what's easier, goal kicking or um, or, or driving straight off the tee? Um, well, <laughs> I had a lot more practice uh, with the golf course, so uh, driving straight was a lot easier for me you know, as a junior, but um, it took me a while to get into kicking straight. I think I remember kicking against Quinana one day, I kicked 19-17 or something like that, so it wasn't the straightest kick to start with, but... Um, my dad got me uh, down one day. He was sick of me kicking bags of points. So got me down there, straightened me right up. Um, yeah, and uh, started to become a bit of, a bit of a dead eye there towards the end, which is good. Well, while we're on the subject, um, I suppose we can use this as a bit of an interactive uh, coaching tool potentially. Um, what, what, is the key, what is the keys to goal kicking? What's some of the things that you used to go through um, to eventually change and, and become kicking, and kicking straight? You obviously listen to your dad. Yeah, definitely did. Finally, yeah, got old enough. But um, yeah, it was um, mainly just about keeping everything straight. Obviously, um, getting in a bit of a routine with the with the walk in, so you're doing the same thing over and over again. Um, obviously, you had to adjust for a little bit for the wind or wherever you were going, but mainly just keeping everything straight and launching towards the goals. You know, a lot of people lay back on the ball or go too far forward and nearly kicking in the man on the mark. So. It was mainly about keeping my balance and, uh, yeah, keeping everything forward, you know, um, and straight. Um, it was it was good. It took a lot of practice. It didn't come naturally to start with because, you know, everyone, I think, has got a bit of a hooked foot. But uh, when you're walking in straight like that, sometimes it, uh, it's not, not the easiest to hook. So you've got to keep everything straight. And um, also, men- mentally, uh, you've got to be positive. Uh, obviously, a lot of people... You know, go back in their shell and think, oh, geez, I really need to kick this one and uh, all that sort of stuff. Where it's, you just got to go back to the backyard and uh, pretend what you used to do back in the backyard. You know, it's a lot easier back then with no pressure. So, yeah, a lot of it's mentally, but a lot of it, I think these days they run a lot further as well. You know, they're a lot puffer when they get get that easy shot at goal. So that might contribute to a few misses, but. Yeah, mainly keeping everything straight, mate, was my my thing. It's still fascinating as a result that goal kicking has not improved in uh, in AFL. They say, they say that's the one skill that hasn't improved despite all the professionalism now in the game. So as you mentioned, though, yeah, a bit of fatigue potentially um, with a number of players. Was there a time when you had the yips? Yeah. Was was there was there a time when you think you'd got it down pat and all of a sudden it was, uh, yeah, maybe some of that, uh, that that mental side came into the game? Um, yeah, I think it was more a game by game thing, you know. Sometimes, some days you were just on, and and uh, some days you just, oh, you know, a lot of times I'd miss the first couple, and and you'd think, oh god, god, here we go, and then you know you kick fifteen that day, but and then some days you kick the first two, and then couldn't kick one after that. So yeah, definitely got the yips, especially at a younger age. Not so much when I got a bit older. That was, I think, it was more the mental side of it that. You know, I'd done it so many times that uh, made it a lot easier for me mentally, you know. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so 1,815 goals. You know, it, it does how, how do you t- how do you reflect on I suppose your time in football, especially when you you know I suppose you've kicked more goals than the, in the likes of WA football legends Austin Robertson, Ted Tyson, George Doig, Bernie Naylor. Um, how does that sit with you, and I suppose what you're able to achieve in the game? Um, yeah, well, it's definitely an honour. I've, I've won two Bernie Naylor medals, which is uh, awesome. I've got them hung, hanging up on my wall, so. You know, it's pretty privileged to have guys like that up on the wall and stuff like that. But, um, uh, sorry, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, difficult to think about it because, uh, as I said, I wasn't really playing at 17 sort of thing. And I, I never really followed football that much. Um, as I said, I played different sports sort of things. So I didn't really know these guys, but uh, once you get around the footy circles and stuff like that, you start hearing about their names and what they did and stuff like that. Obviously, it wasn't in a, the highest grade, most of it, um, just down at Peel League. But, um, yeah, a lot of blokes have come down and tried to do the same thing down here in the Peel League. And, uh, yeah, they have their tails between their legs. So it was a, it was a proud day, you know, when... Uh, when I've got over a thousand thousand goal marks for the club, you know, it was good for the club as well. Um, they they did a lot of work to get me back to the club, and um, you know, I tried to do the best for them, and uh, you know, didn't cost a fortune or anything like that. I tried to just keep it low key so I can get some midfielders down, and you know, if you don't have midfielders to help out, you you're not going to get all these records and stuff like that. Oh, so, of course, yeah, you're you only know, as good as your Absolutely, mate. Yeah, and you know, a lot of these guys these days, and you know, they're having a bit of a bad run up forward. You know, um, JK and all that. You know, and and you look at the supply, and sometimes it can be the weather as well. You know, the wind, and it, it can just be hard sometimes down at full forward. The ball just doesn't come down <laughs> to you much, or you know, yep. it goes the wrong way. You know, the the shape of the ball would just can can bounce the wrong way all day for you. So. Yeah, it's obviously uh, there's a lot of luck involved, and uh, yeah, just a lot of blood, sweat, and tears as well, mate. So it's always a bit of pride when you think about it like that. Yeah, more than 200 games for your beloved Falcons. I suppose the majority of your 1,815 goals were at South Mandra. But I suppose moving forward, you you were able to get a, a shot at the AFL, um, pick 29 in the 2001 AFL rookie draft by the Kangaroos, coached by uh, Dennis Pagan. How was that um, and, and that experience? Um, it was definitely a bit of a shock. I was working up in Frio and uh, got the phone call, and uh, and the boss told me it was Dennis Pagan on the line. I was uh, I You're thought joking. he was joking there for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a while to get to the phone call, but um, and then uh, as soon as I got on there, Dennis was like, "Oh, how would you like to come to Melbourne?" And I was sort of uh, yeah. And he thought, "Well, too late. We've already picked you." So <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a funny start to it all, but. Um, yeah, I, when I went over there, I was lucky I had my wife with me, obviously. Um, I did my knee really early in uh, in a pre-season scratch match. And um, yeah, if it wasn't for her, I probably would have moved straight back to WA. But um, she did the hard yards with me and, uh, you know, went and got a job and uh, kept us afloat there for a long time. So, you know, big props to her. And, uh, yeah, um, it was good. It, it was uh, enjoyable. The boys were obviously... Went over there and um, that was a bit of a bit of a news headlines with um, Kerry and Steve-O and stuff like that. So that was a bit weird to walk into, but um, you know, we uh, we enjoyed our time over there. But 
Um, I only played the second year because um, uh, I busted my knee, so I had a full recon. And uh had to uh, wait till the next year. I played the VFL. Probably had a couple of chances to play um, or get promoted off the rookie list uh, with Sav Rocker doing a couple of injuries. But at that stage, I'd, I'd broken my ribs in the back and wasn't playing good footy. So, yeah, it made it pretty hard. But it was just, yeah, it was a good place to be. Obviously, with the guys, Adam Simpson was an absolute gun, um, just getting the people around each other. And, you know, we'd all go to golf or stuff like that. Um, Sav Rockers past the bar, we'd always go there for lunch, stuff like that. So it was, it was a really good environment, even though there was a bit going on there. Um, Absolutely. But, um, yeah, but uh, it, was, it was enjoyable. But, uh, yeah, I'd, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big hustle and bustle fan either so melbourne was a bit full-on for me um we moved back to south australia um after that and it was it was pretty good but um yeah dennis dennis was a funny man it was uh uh he he was he gave me a bit of grief when i started back and i'd broken my ribs and um i was in the shower one day and i caught up with me and he was telling me how uh how i didn't quite have the body of an afl football player um, after I'd just uh, sort of broken my ribs and I was a bit skinny at the time. So uh, he asked me when I was going to start kicking goals and, um, yeah, well, I asked him to go to full back because I hadn't had the busted ribs. And, uh, yeah, I got a got a couple of best ones playing full back and decided finally to move back up forward. And I think I kicked six, nine and seven in a row and got into the big V team. So... Yeah, it looked like I was going to get a chance there towards the end of the season, but I, I broke my ribs again and, um, and uh, yeah, quite, didn't quite catch my chance. But, uh, yeah, I ended up with, I think it was 56 goals for the year and uh, kicked eight in the first final against Williamstown and thought I had a bit of a shot next year. But uh, Dean Laley come in and, and uh, obviously with the injury and stuff like that, he, he sort of, it wasn't a spot for me, so... Ended up going to South Australia and playing for South Adelaide for a couple of years. How how was Dennis Pagan? It sounds like he was the type of coach which you had to opt with the way of going. He calls a spade a spade, it sounds like. That's right. Yeah, and then that, that, that's the type of coach I like too, you know. That's putting straight down the line. Um, there's no shirking the issue. Uh, it's black and white. So, you know, he was, he was good. Uh, obviously, I didn't get the too much coaching from him it was more um paul hamilton in the reserves but uh yeah what i've seen of him he was you know it was very basic footy which footy should be i think obviously with um kerry there and kerry's paddock and all that sort of stuff Hagen's paddock uh you know it was a pretty easy game plan but the more they trained it and the more they got better at it he, Dennis Pagan was more like, well, we're better at doing it than they are of stopping us. So I think that's the way they sort of pushed. And, you know, if we're better at um, winning the ball than they are at stopping us, we'll uh, win more games than not. So it seemed to work. They'd won the flag the year before I got there. So hmm. so the things are, do all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Things um, obviously didn't... Uh, continue, oh, I suppose, as as you could, as long as you would have liked, potentially, obviously, with at North Melbourne. But you obviously, as you said, you went over to the to the Sandfall and played for South Adelaide's and leading goal kicker in two thousand three, yep. two thousand four. Um, I think I've got that. Hopefully, got that right. Um, and then eventually yep. moved back to WA to to play for East Fremantle. 
Yeah, we, it was more family support. I actually loved South Australia. It was a great place and uh, great people. Um, the club was awesome too. You know, they they tried everything to keep us over there, but it was mainly the family support that we come back for. Um, Jasmine's mum and dad lived here over here, and uh, yeah, obviously my parents are over here as well. So it was good to get back here. Uh, I broke my hand playing for East Frio, and I just just wasn't feeling anymore. Obviously. Um, being a new parent and stuff like that, um, and breaking your hand, it was it was just hard. So a lot of training, you know. The waffle clubs sort of own you a bit. You got to be this thing, got to be to that thing. So just got a bit too much, mate. And I decided to uh, go in and just enjoy my footy back at South. Yeah, there was quite a few, um, quite a few years after that, wasn't it? So you returned in uh, I think 2006 and and all the way up until um, 2015. You enjoyed some good times there, um, some successful teams. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, uh, the first four years, we probably should have won all four, to tell you the truth, but we just ran into a bit of trouble towards the end. Um, and we had some really good sides. Obviously, 08, we uh, we um, were undefeated and won by over 10 goals in the grand final. So, you know, that was one of the best teams. You know, we had Scott Simister and, you know, Brad Holmes was only young back then and David McFarlane and a few other good guys that was it was just yeah a lot a lot of feeding me it had to show down the down the forward line but you know Brad still kicked over sixty I think in that year as well so you know, I think there was one game we uh where I kicked twenty against Mustangs and we spent the last five minutes trying to get him to his tent so <laughs> that was quite a funny day. That was the time when the when the load wasn't shared and no midfielders kicked goals did they? <laughs> it was just the forwards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they'd have to kick it over my head, and uh, <laughs> yeah, they, um, they normally got a spray after that unless they kicked it. But <laughs> um, nah, they uh, we had some midfielders that went really deep into the forward line. So you know, if they uh, if they wanted to have a shot, they could have a shot. It was uh, it was a, it was a very very friendly sort of situation. I mean, once once we started getting up and about, everyone was trying to have a pot shot, but. You know, knowing, knowing most of the guys that were coming forward, I knew where they were going to kick it and all their bad kicks or, you know, if they'd kick it short and stuff like that. So I knew where to be most of the time, even when they were going for goal. <laughs> obviously, you said your um, your family's obviously, and you're still heavily involved with um, South Mandra. If I can just go back, how, how important is that um, family support, you said, from your wife and especially during your playing time when you're actually trying to reach the highest level you possibly can and obviously the support which continued um, in the back half of your career. How, how, how important is that in, in what you're able to achieve? Yeah, well, Jasmine's been a massive part of my life, that's for sure, in the footy career. She, um, when I first met her, she actually didn't like footy players. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, lucky, I was pl- lucky I was playing volleyball at the time. Um, <laughs> but... Um, no, nah, she's she's been the backbone. She's pretty much been my manager as well when we went over to over interstate and stuff like that. Um, with East Frio as well, she was she's always there. She's always been there in the background. And uh, and as soon as um, we went back to South, uh, she was being treasure and all that sort of stuff. And of course, things come around, and uh, she ended up being the president. And she's uh, definitely the best thing I brought back to South Mandra Footy Club. That's for sure. And you said now she's the president. Yeah, she's a life member as well. She's been she's been the president for over seven years now. So wow. um, She took a bit of a break after I finished, but now the uh, the boys back playing again. She's uh, taking up the role again, and 
and the club's firing. We've got nine nine teams at the moment, which is a huge thing to look after. But um, yeah, we've got a couple in the grand final this or into the finals this week, and uh, the rest are looking pretty good. So yeah, good time down south. I suppose you can still be involved, can't you? Obviously, things came to an end for you um, in 2015 with some you know, hip and, and knee injuries and other things take, took their toll. If we could just go back there, what, what was that like when that decision had to be made um, by yourself? Were you quite content with uh, everything you've got out of the game? Um, yeah, no, not quite that year. Um, 2015, I tried to do another pre, pardon me, pre-season Um I'd, my mate Daniel Haynes was coming down to coach, so I knew it was going to be a good year. So uh, I probably went a little bit too overboard with the pre-season training. And um, yeah, coming into the first game, I knew my knee was gone. Uh, just had too many cartilage, too much cartilage taken out, and uh, just couldn't couldn't run after a good training session for four or five days. You know, so it was more my knee than my hip. But um, you know, I played the first game. Um, I kicked four, tried to try my guts out, but uh, yeah, I couldn't even couldn't even walk for the next three weeks. So I knew it was time. It was hard, hard to take. Um, probably just as hard for my wife because she had to put up with me for a while there. But what, uh, groaning and, yeah, and moaning. Yeah, a bit of groaning and moaning, mate, and uh, trying to get out. Uh, I couldn't watch it for a while. It was pretty hard to watch footy, but um, finally got myself back out there now. And uh, of course, you get down to the footy club and uh, there's always jobs to do. So I went down there and started timekeeping. And um, yeah, no, I don't mind that at all. At least you're watching the game and keeping involved. Yes, of course, your son, as you said, your son's playing. Is that is that a, is that a really... Um special mo- special moment obviously you know most most people say when their when their son plays for their for their club it's a special moment does that rank up there with some of your i suppose your better footy memories um yeah i, I probably could have played in his first game uh, <laughs> they were a bit short but um i uh decided not to for the body side of things but um yeah definitely you know watching him I, i've played cricket with him as well you know and i've uh, taken his fifer in it with a Taking a catch for a, for his fifer, so that was that was pretty awesome. So, yeah, me and my boy Corey, we we do a lot together. He's a good kid, so we we try and play as many sports as we can. I mean, he's into he's into uh, cricket and uh, indoor cricket, everything like that, golf, footy. So, yeah, it's it's enjoyable to see him down there, and uh, of course the guys are getting around him as well. Um, and they're playing some good footy, mate. So yeah, it's always good to watch. But yeah, giving him his first jumper obviously was a proud moment, and uh, hopefully I get to do the same with my daughter soon. You know, she she's probably three years away from playing senior footy. So yeah, hopefully it'll be uh, good times as well. Well, yeah, it sounds like you're still uh, still obviously staying involved in the game. So many many people, no doubt, when they when they finish playing, they can obviously. Uh, tend to walk away completely from their club, but it sounds like you're still very, very actively involved. So uh, I suppose that's a great thing for um, the club going forward. And do you get do you get any um, do you get any people you know lean on you for for advice? No doubt you probably would. Goal kicking and how many um, how many times have you turned down a opportunity to play in the reserves? Let's say. <laughs> well, I haven't played reserves footy, so <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll... you're never too old to start. A couple of times and. Yeah, now now we just got a fourth team in a couple of years ago as well. So they uh, they definitely asked me every time they're short. But um, 
I've just had to give the definite no and uh, stick with it. But, yeah, the brain obviously um, thinks every now and again I might be able to get out there. I still do a bit of boxing uh, down at Maury's Martial Arts, so I, I'm trying to keep as fit as I can. But uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think the best advice I'm would be gone. to uh, sell, sell your boots if you've got any uh, and, and throw them out <laughs> potentially. Yeah, they're in a big frame in the football club, mate. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I won't be getting them ones back. <laughs> yeah. um, Rod, um, it sounds like, yeah, no doubt you've had an outstanding career. Um, the amount of goals is unrivaled in WA history. Um, played across, uh, I think I've got this right, three states, six clubs, um, and plenty for your beloved South Mandra. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, today on uh, Bushfully Legends and, and all the best uh, in the future. No worries, Tim. Thanks, mate. And same to you, mate. Thanks for listening to Bush Footy Legends. If you like the show, make sure you like, follow and share with your mates. Here at Bush Footy Legends, we're big on creating environments that support social inclusion and connectedness. Get in touch with us through our Instagram page, at WA Country Football, or through our Facebook page, at WACFL. Oh.